Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. It is impossible for us not to speak about what we have seen and heard. Those are the words that St. Peter says in the first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles, the continuation of this story that we've been hearing for the last several days uh, in the first reading that's offered to us at Mass. The story which began with Peter and John uh, in the name of Jesus healing a crippled man who was seated outside the temple. And then as a result of this, They're arrested by the religious leaders and brought into custody. And then they're told, just before they utter this line, after having been uh, beaten, not to teach at all in the name of Jesus. It's important just to ask the question real quickly, to whom is Peter speaking when he says it is impossible for us not to speak about what we have seen and heard. Well, just yesterday, we heard who his audience is. His audience is made up of men with the names of Annas and Caiaphas. Remember those names? Those are the guys who just a little bit less than two months before this had been responsible for the trial and then the execution of Jesus, or at least the handing over of Jesus to the Roman authorities. These are the men who provoked such extraordinary fear in Peter, so much so that as he was seated outside the place where these men, Annas and Caiaphas, were accusing and bringing charges against Jesus, which led to his crucifixion, it provoked Peter to deny he even knew Jesus three times to a maid. And now suddenly, same Peter in front of the same men is saying it is impossible for us not to speak about what we have seen and heard. Suddenly this cowardly man is filled with exceptional and extraordinary and unshakable faith. How'd he get there? Well, he didn't get there from some vague optimistic hope and feeling that I don't know, things are just going to turn out better now. I don't know why. Or because he had some mystical experience of Jesus somehow being enthroned in heaven. Or because he had some warm, fuzzy feeling about, I don't know, like Jesus died a horrific, barbaric death, but somehow he's going to be able to protect me. Uh Uh-uh. This makes no sense whatsoever. He's able to speak this way because this Peter, who's the same Peter in the Gospels, who hears the testimony of Mary Magdalene and doesn't believe, who hears the testimony of the two travelers who meet Jesus on the road to Emmaus and doesn't believe, but then finally believes together with the other apostles when, when he sees, speaks with, and touches the risen Jesus. This time of the Easter octave is supposed to be a time when we just continue to ask God, 
please, Lord, don't let me get used to what it is that we are proclaiming and announcing right now, that you have risen from the dead. I don't know about you, I I try to ponder all the time, what were the conversations like between the apostles and Jesus after his resurrection, before his ascension? We hear all these uh, vague little insinuations that Jesus unlocked the scriptures for them, that he broke open the Old Testament, or what we would call the Old Testament for them. It was the only scripture that they had at the time, right? Showing that everything that happened to him was foretold, foreshadowed, prefigured, predicted, prophesied. But what about the other conversations that he surely must have had, right? Because if the apostles are anything like you and me, I'm sitting there, I want to know, like, so what was it like when you died and you went into hell? What was the devil's face like when he saw and he realized what he'd done? What was it like when you bound the strong man? What was it like when you led out of Hades all those who had been held captive? What was it like when you went and found Joseph? What was it like when you went and found Adam and Eve? What was it like when you appeared to your mother on Easter Sunday? Huh? The, the conversations that must have taken place, as well as what they saw. This is why Peter can say it is impossible for us not to speak not only about what we've seen, namely Jesus risen from the dead, but what we have heard, what he's told us, how he's defeated death, and how it is that we have so many reasons for hope right now. And therefore, all your scare tactics, all your attempts to silence us, they're just not going to work. Because we know somebody who's conquered the power of death. We know the one who holds history in his hands. And he's the one that we seek to serve. Therefore, you can threaten us all you want. We won't fall for it, and we won't be afraid. Brothers and sisters, this is our hope in these days that we're living in right now, this time of so much uncertainty, so much unrest, so much anxiety, so much fear. I do not know what the future holds, but as somebody once wonderfully said, I know who holds the future, and that's God. And I know this about God. He's faithful, he's rich in mercy, he's powerful beyond all imagination, and he's more good than anything we could have ever hoped for. That's our hope. Not some vague sentiment that things are somehow going to get better. Not some warm, fuzzy feeling. The hope is Jesus Christ has risen triumphantly from the dead. Death has been defeated It's possible for me to start over again. I am loved by this God who has created everything out of nothing and without any effort whatsoever. He's faithful to his creation and most especially to the creature he loves the most. And he's even now begun the work of restoration and recreation. I pray that today will be a day in which, as we anticipate tomorrow's celebration of the feast of divine mercy, that we will know how faithful God is, that we will know we do not believe in stories, that we are not optimistic. No, no, no. We have hope. And hope, Scripture says, is an anchor. It's rooted in something. And it's rooted in what God has done about death 
and what he's done about evil. That's our hope. Because of that, do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. 